0: welcome back to the nationally syndicated price of business i'm your host kevin price talking to you about you and your business always love having you on the program warren d robinson his website warren d is a showmaker works with netflix he works with um just many different uh networks and syndicated shows he is an attorney an entertainment attorney uh, really one of the brightest minds out there when it comes to talking about all things media and all things politics. And so always love having you on the program. And by the way, go to com to keep track of all that he does because he does a lot. Warren, glad to have you back on the program. Great topics lined up for today I get giddy whenever you're on it's almost like uh, my equivalent of going to the playground uh, as a kid <laughs> when i see uh you know i'm going through lots of stuff you know up until what was it like 10:30 or whatever when we finally got to go to the playground well, it was like yeah this is what it's like when Warren D. Robinson is on there because, uh, you know, we are just so similar, even though we come from really different places philosophically. Yeah. And so uh, I, I love our pay- – we have our own playground, my friend, and I'm Appreciate. glad you come and play. All right, let's get I'm to our topic glad today. to be here. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you. There is no longer a place for moderates in the Democratic Party. That's your thesis. We're going to talk about that. And unfortunately, it's not going to be much of a debate. Uh, There's no room for moderates in either
1: of the uh, two major parties. They're endangered species. Yeah, you know, and that is unfortunate, Kevin. It's unfortunate that we're seeing that moderates are um, being extinguished from the parties because moderates get things done if you actually want legislation to move in divided government you have to have people that are willing to cross the aisle and link hands and say hey a little bit of this a little bit of that that's what the moderates do and that's what we're losing um this was spurred of course by joe manchin announcing that he is retiring um from the center or not running for re-election in 2024 there in west virginia which is pretty much guaranteed that that seat's going to go to a Republican, most likely Jim Justice, the former governor there. And – but the party's reaction is, to me, what is so telling, because the reaction is there really is none. There's not, yeah. you know, the cries of, of talking about Manchin as a – you know, a great – this is a man who single-handedly kept the Senate for Democrats. Yes. Right? And you would think that that would deserve some praise, but no. It it doesn't – they're actually more – they're actually happy to see him go. They're happy to give that seat to a Republican simply because he doesn't agree with every single one of their their extremely left progressive policies. This is a shame. And then we see um, a similar situation happening, of course, with uh, Kirsten Sinema in Arizona, who had to declare herself an independent because of the vitriol from the party. And as a party, if a party really wants to be representative, it has to be big tent. It has to represent everybody from the progressives to the middle. But we seem to, the Democrats seem to have forgotten that, and they're only embracing the far left. And it's not, I don't think it's going to be beneficial to them.
0: Yeah, and, and it's interesting because that was a legitimate complaint that the Democrats had about the Republican Party for decades, right? You're too narrow. You're not a Big Ten party. And sure enough, I think most of the electoral success that the Democrats had was their tolerance for, if not love for, moderates. They understand the important role they played in the game. And, uh, you know, I I think it's become uh, so ridiculously uh, polarized. It's one of the only things they agree on, both parties, is polarization (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately you don't agree with any of the things that they're polarized on it makes it impossible to govern you know we were talking about in another segment you did about the fact that you've got people that really are impressive even with their weirdness in the case of rfk jr uh there is a certain seriousness about him and you watch him interview, and you look at people like biden and trump and you go okay, this is, this is interesting to listen to. It's just a nuance. And, you know, he, he talks about exactly what you were talking about. He says these two parties have become so utterly extreme, there's nothing about normal Americans being interested in either one of them. He didn't use that exact language. But people who are just interested in good government. There's nothing about either of the major parties that would, would attract people who are interested in that. Wow, when I heard that, it's like I mean, honestly one of the best interviews I've heard by someone who is in the serious business of governing. And then, then you got Joe Manchin, who I really think is going to run. I think he's he hates to lose, but I think he's going to have an attitude about trying to you know heal uh both parties i don't think he likes seeing a wacko republican party any more than he does a wacko democrat party i do envision him running even though he hates to lose and he probably won't win um and uh i you know these guys when you have people of this caliber who are looked at seriously uh who have gravitas running um again it speaks something about the parties both parties being
1: incredibly broken well, and can I speak to that because one of the reasons Democrats elected Joe Biden, we had a large primary field of candidates who we could have elected, and we chose Joe Biden because at that time Joe Biden promised to be the consensus builder, the middle grounder, the one who would work across, walk across the aisle, work across the aisle, excuse me. We could have elected Bernie Sanders. We could have elected um, Elizabeth Warren if we wanted somebody far left and progressive. The voters said we don't want that. We want somebody who's going to come to the middle. That was the Biden we were promised. That is not the Joe Biden that we've gotten, And yes. that is, I think, one of the reasons why Biden is having trouble in the polling. They want to say it's more to do with oh just the economy or Trump or whatever. But a lot of it has to do with he did not do what he promised he would do, which is work in the middle, which is be a consensus builder. He talked about, you know, all his years in the Senate and how he had made all these deals with Republicans and this and that. Well we haven't seen any of that. <laughs> We've seen a Joe Biden who is progressively left and left and left and keeps moving even further left of center and i think that's going to have huge repercussions because you're right uh for years we've already accused the republicans of going all right we've accused them of going far right and and, and caving to the far right bases of their party well now we're doing the same thing on the far left that's only yeah. going to create more division and only going to create opportunities for like you said either third party candidates or uh, for even just more far right people to win because people are going to be so fed up with what the far left is doing. We need to come back to the center. But unfortunately, I don't see that happening. And Joe Manchin was kind of the last um, hope that we had of that, of saving the Senate and keeping it together. And even though Joe Manchin does hate to lose, Kevin, if the Democratic Party had supported him, if they had been in his corner, if they had backed him from the start, if they had said, Joe, we're going to pour millions into you, We're you we're going to back you, I'm not so sure that he wouldn't have gave it a good fight. I think, though, it's hard to fight for re-election and hard to fight your party, too. And that's kind of the position that he was in.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you and I have been lamenting the fact that people I consider at least normal. (laughs) I mean, I (laughs) like them. You know, sometimes they act superior. Some of these people, not so much Joe Manchin, but some of the others who are retiring. Uh, I think you're kind of soft on areas where they should be firm. But they're serious, and they're reasonable. and. They're not, you know, they're they're going. Guys like Mitt Romney, bye, see you later. I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and they none of them. There's no hope of any of these people being replaced by normal people. And therefore, we're looking at a new normal for the
1: U.S. Senate that's going to mirror the U.S. House. Which is going to be chaos and nothing getting done. You're absolutely nothing. right. We are going toward a new normal where absolutely nothing rains. But chaos. And, you know, the question becomes, but a lot of this, Kevin, is on the American people because we vote. And the question is, how long are we going to continue to put up with this? How long are we going to continue to vote for candidates who are too far extreme on either side? Right mm-hmm. and right now we haven't done a good job and I think part of the problem I'm going to be honest but I believe part of the primary part of the problem is this primary system. I don't think that's the best way to decide who candidates should be because what happens is you allow a group of very fringe folks to influence who ultimately becomes the nominee. And that has proven to not be effective because we get less than ideal candidates in, um, in our general elections. And so I think we have to look at that. We have to look at what are we going to do because we can't – we will devolve into chaos if we don't get politicians, like you said, who want to govern and get us back to the center.
0: Yeah, we need serious people. We desperately need serious people. And I don't know any, if you're serious, you're going to run for governor, right? <laughs> you're going to run for, a, you know, a position that uh, where, you, you frankly, you can't act in all the crazy theater in and, and, and some of these offices. Although we're seeing it a lot in legislatures as well. Oh, I feel a little sickly, my friend, after all this. It's just really hard to watch, and I want better for our country. And I, I hate to be one who spends a whole segment lamenting, uh, but I I would really like to see us all, because ultimately, you just nailed it, they all work for us. They're all products. They're products of what people, Americans are doing in the election booth, and I'm, I'm with you on your criticism on the primary system. I, I'm also a critic huge critic of the way House seats are created. They are created in a polarizing fashion. They're created to move to, to really create districts that are either all hard left. And even mm-hmm. states that are Republican control create some of those in order to make sure there's plenty of right-wing seats. Both parties do that. It's nothing based on analytics. It's based on who controls the legislature. We've got to depoliticize the way these districts are made. That's one of the reasons why they've been crazy forever. It's not new. It's just <laughs> that it's become more profoundly noticeable.
1: Well, it's become more profoundly noticeable because we used to have voters who would say, even if I disagree with your policies or disagree where you are on policy positions, we still expect you to hold a certain decorum and to act a certain way. And so when you had representatives who didn't behave appropriately, people would say, no, I'm not voting for you because you're not a person of character or you don't uphold your standards. I I may vote for somebody. I have a policy difference to it. Now, that doesn't happen. It's, oh, we're so aligned to party that we don't care how you behave. We don't care whether you're moral. We don't care if you say crazy stuff and believe in space lasers. We're... We're we're going to vote for you because you're of the right party, and that's that's what has to change. And until we and I don't know that it will. Quite honestly, I I say this, but I don't, I'm not Pollyannaish here. I don't know that it will change. But right now, we're so aligned to party over person, and that's what's causing this.
0: Yeah. Well, look at look at these Republicans who have beat the crap out of Donald Trump, rightly so, by the way. Uh, who in the end are asked. Well, what if he ends ends up being the nominee, which of you will uh, support him? Guess what? All but H.L. Hutchinson, by the way, no longer invited on the stage, said they'll support him, which is particularly shocking because now, uh, what's his name? Chris Christie denies that he did support him. Just look at the video. He kind of did this, you know, wobbly hand up. Guess what? His (laughs) hand was up. And this guy acts like Donald Trump should be in prison. He's like a criminal. And yet, we're tolerant of that because we worship at the altar of party. I mean, it's mm-hmm. literally party worship, dude. And I'm not talking about frat boys in college. You know, I'm talking yeah. about a, a cult, a religious cult, or a partisan cult.
1: And they both suffer from it. On both sides, absolutely. I mean, look at uh, Rashid Tlaib out of out of Michigan, right? This is a person who continues to win re-election despite saying the most anti-Semitic, horrible things routinely. Who gets nothing done, has passed no legislation while you've been in Congress, yet you're continually re-elected. Why? Because you win a Democratic primary, and she never even wins the majority of the primary. It's just that the people in that district can't get themselves together and get one candidate to run against her, and so they split votes, and so she somehow, you know, comes out on top with less than a majority of the votes in that district, and then they refuse to vote against her because she's a Democrat. So we've got to get over this allegiance of party and say, no, we want to go back to character matters. We're going to vote for people, not parties. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely uh yeah you know i I look at sheila jackson lee by the way sheila jackson lee ran for mayor here in houston and uh, the two worst candidates both elected officials of course ended up being are now in a runoff (laughs) and i don't know why why did people vote for them because their name is in the news all the time and no one does their homework Sheila jackson lee famous for for such brilliant comments about how the you know uh north, you know how the north Vietnam, north Vietnamese and the South Vietnamese have figured out how they can get along with one another we're talking recently we're not talking you know <laughs> Forty years ago, they, you know, yeah, the way they figured it out is that the entire country got overtaken by one. <laughs> That's how they figured it out. It's no longer a North uh, North Vietnam and a South Vietnam. I mean, how do we elect people like this? And she says loony stuff like that around the kind uh, around the clock. Um, yeah, kind of like the Sarah Palin of the left. I'm like, really? Where's this come from? But anyway, uh, you got me going, man. I'm going to go take my meds. (laughs) Final thoughts on this, my friend.
1: Yeah, my final thoughts are, again, if we want to see things actually happen in our legislature, we need to get people who are serious about governing and who will come to the middle, and I predict that Democrats are so eager to get rid of Manchin, they're so eager to get rid of cinema. one day, pretty soon here, they're going to be thankful that Manchin and cinema held on, that they saved the Senate, because I do have a feeling Republicans are going to take back over all three branches sooner than later, and they're going to be grateful that you have a filibuster in place when uh, they're trying to, to complain against some of those bills that are passed. So we need more moderates. We need more serious legislators.
0: Well, I'll tell you, the only thing that's preventing Republicans from winning it all are Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: well, know, that's another conversation. You are right on yeah. that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, uh, they should have been wearing victory laps when uh, – ch- Biden basically adopted Republican immigration policy, didn't he? Of course, they did it days after the fact they ousted a speaker so that all the news would be focused on, on uh, that problem rather than Biden's policy. And uh, they should be running victory less. They can't. Sorry, we're too busy being in chaos. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, and I was sitting there listening to you as you were wrapping it, wrapping it up, and I thought, what would happen for a Republican candidate if part of his uh, tagline, you know how politicians have taglines? What would happen if, it was, if that candidate was serious about governing? I hear that, and I think, man, that's important. Oh, no, are you kidding? That, <laughs> that would be the kiss of death in GOP primaries. That's where this country is now. You are absolutely right, my friend. All right. All right. Mutual Appreciation Society is done for now. Warren Robinson, do appreciate <laughs> you, my friend. Look forward to our next Thanks. chat. I, I'm Kevin Price, and this is The Price of Business.